This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Hey, Lion Chasers, this is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening today to The Courage Cast. This is the first of a 20-part series that I intend to do on the book Chase the Lion. This uh, book has been incredibly influential for me, and I'm going to go through it one chapter at a time, And uh, because I think it there's so many good points in the book that just to kind of soak in the next 20 days and um, grab the the major points of this book. On a previous episode, I discussed already the Lion Chasers Manifesto, which kind of summarizes the mindset, the purpose, and it summarizes what, what a Lion Chaser does what a lion chaser resolves to do. And so I'm going to read it to you again, and then I'm going to point out some things from chapter one that really, uh, that really talked to me. I mean, and there's a lot. <laughs> so here's the lion chasers manifesto. I'll read it to you. This is a book, by the way, by Mark Batterson, pastor of national Christian church in, um, Washington, DC, which is actually several churches, uh, in that greater region. Uh, my brother-in-law attends that church, which is pretty awesome. Um, so uh, I do have a goal to interview Mark on the podcast, and uh, hopefully after these 20 days are done, maybe we can get Mark on. Uh, I'll do everything I can to chase down the lion that is Mark Batterson. <laughs> the Lion Chasers Manifesto. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the main and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges, blaze new trails, live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail, dare to be different, quit holding out, quit holding back, quit running away, chase the lion. Now, Chase the Lion is actually the sequel to a book called um, In a Pit, which is uh, actually, I think, Mark Batterson's first book, from what I understand. And um, it takes its cues from the life of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, who was a valiant warrior uh, and became a bodyguard with King David, one of King David's bodyguards. And um, he is mentioned in Second Samuel, verse 23, 
And uh, the book takes its kind of inspiration from Mark Batterson's favorite verse, his life verse, which is, On a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's a pretty powerful, powerful verse. Um, it says before that, he did many heroic deeds, Benaiah did, which included killing two champions of Moab. I guess they were great warriors. And then another time, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Uh, pretty, pretty powerful. Um, some main key points from Chase the Lion, chapter 1 are these, you are one idea, one risk, one decision away from a totally different life. And the main point of the book, of course, is if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. So Benaiah climbed uh, the military chain of command all the way to the top, becoming the commander-in-chief of Israel's army. But the genealogy of his dream traces back to a fight-or-flight moment, the decision that determined his destiny. Uh, Batterson goes on to explain, you can run away from what you are afraid of, but you'll be running the rest of your life. Does anybody identify with some of these sentences? It's time to face your fears and take a flying leap of faith and chase the lion. You have to go big or go home. You have to take the road less traveled or settle for the status quo. You have to take you have to bite the bullet or turn your back on your dreams. Um many of us, he goes on to say, forfeit our dreams at the altar of fear. He says here at the end of our lives, our greatest regrets will be the God-ordained opportunities we left on the table. And that's supported. If you listen, just listen to episode one of this podcast. I talk about the, the greatest regrets that people have, as documented by a hospice nurse. We do we our greatest regrets are the opportunities we leave on the table, the God-given passions we didn't pursue, and the God-sized dreams we didn't go after because we let fear di- dictate our decisions. Can anyone relate? Honestly, if you just take a look at your life, your day-to-day actions, it's not just one moment where you feared, it's Continuous little actions. I talked about the fear of failure a few days ago. Go back to that one. Because uh, and when I was talking about that, um, I was saying build a relationship with failure. It's really build a relationship with fear. Build a relationship with what you fear. And get comfortable doing what you fear. Little things that you fear, not big things right away. You got to start with little things. You know, it's a result of little things that build up to big moments. And that's, that's, that's my belief. Um, 
this this one hit me right in the gut. It's actually under the subheading of No Guts, No Glory, but it did hit me right there. And and uh, I'm going to read a lot from this section because that's uh, this is a big one. Most people believe God is real, but few people actually live like it. Mm. Faith over fear, right? When everything is said and done, God isn't going to say, well said, well thought, or well planned. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithfulness is not playing playing it safe, is what he's talking about here. It's not about being satisfied with avoiding sin or avoiding something bad. Or, or avoiding doing something wrong. I like the, this word, this phrase here. The, the problem with being worried about doing something wrong or being concerned about that is that you can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. God has called us to play offense. Those who simply run away from what's wrong will never amount to more than half Christians. Whoa. The only way to tap your God-given potential to fulfill your God-ordained destiny is to chase the 500-pound lions in your life. If you focus on not making mistakes, you won't make a difference. Playing it safe doesn't make a difference. You don't overcome sin by focusing on not sinning. You go for a dream that is bigger and better than the temptations you're trying to overcome. It's just like my dog, my dog keeper, we're learning to potty, we're not potty training, we're learning to train him, and the positive reinforcement trainer has been teaching us the simple truth that in order to get him to drop something, let's say he picks something up in his mouth or grabs something that we don't want him playing with or ripping apart. All that we have to do is say, Keeper, and we need to show him a nice handful of treats. And then he's forced to make a decision. Ooh, do I go for the big treats? Or do I go with what I already have in my mouth? I know those treats taste good. I think I'm going to go for the treats. And then he drops the treats. And that's what we need to make Our God-sized dream needs to drive us beyond our temptations, beyond our temptation to make a mistake or sin. That's really, really good. You need a dream that doesn't allow you to become spiritually sidetracked, a dream that demands your utmost for his highest. Ooh, that's good. It's worth it, right? It's worth it. When we go after something that has a much greater purpose than you. No guts, no glory. We rob God of the glory he deserves when we don't go after our God-sized dreams. By definition, a God-sized dream will be beyond your ability, beyond your resources. Unless God does it, it can't be done. And that is precisely how God gets the glory. He does things we can't do, so we can't take credit for them. God honors big dreams because big dreams honor God. Destiny is not a mystery. Destiny is a decision. 
a difficult decision, a daring decision, a counterintuitive decision. You fulfill your destiny one opportunity at a time. Of course, those opportunities often become disguised as 500-pound problems. Landing in a pit with a lion on a snowy day qualifies as a bad day, a bad break, but Benaya didn't see it as, a, as bad luck. He saw it as his big break, or at least after the fact he did, right? If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. If you're looking for an opportunity, you'll always find one. Lion chasers have an eye for opportunity. That's a big one, guys. Have an eye for opportunity. Always look for the opportunity in everything that happens to you. Everything that occurs for you, there is an opportunity that God lays before you. It could be a huge problem. It could be a big problem. And then you'll find it and you'll see it as that. It could be a big, huge opportunity as well. And you'll see it as that. It's amazing what happens when I see things as opportunities rather than problems or excuses. Well, that is a good one. Um, Just another last point in this chapter, which I think is really, really good, is um, he gets into a little bit of the backstory of Benaiah. And he, he talks specifically about David's uh, mighty men, and uh, he, compares it, uh, he compares it to Washington's inner circle or Lincoln's team of rivals. David's 37 mighty men rank as a most remarkable band of brothers. They were insanely courageous, fiercely loyal. Their exploits would be unbelievable if they weren't recorded in Scripture. And without them, David's dream of becoming king would have died a fugitive's death. See, David's dream of becoming king depended on these band of brothers. He was in community, right? He needed others. He couldn't do it alone. He goes on to say here, Batterson, our destiny is more intricately interwoven with others than any of us realize. The goal of this book isn't simply to help you discover your dream. The best way to discover your dream is to help other people accomplish theirs. The best way to discover your dream is to help other people accomplish theirs. That's what the mighty men did. And in so doing, their lives surpassed their wildest dreams. Hmm. And that's what Mark Batterson's dream is for all of us in the, who are reading this book. May you discover your God-sized dream in the pages of this book, and may you have the courage to chase it. But your greatest legacy isn't your dream. It's the dreams you inspire in others. You aren't just a dreamer. You are a dream catcher. As you begin this dream journey, don't go it alone. Dreamer, dreamers love company. Chase the lion with a friend, a spouse, a mentor. Form a pride, just as lions do. Together, you can accomplish form far more than the sum total of your shared dreams. The God who is able to immeasurably more do immeasurably more than all you can ask will accomplish something way beyond what you can imagine just as he did for David and his mighty men. So this makes me think of you guys, the courageous community. You are my pride. Now, pride of lions, that is. 
you are not here to serve my dream. The way I see the courageous community is we all have a dream. We all have God has planted in us God-sized dreams. We don't even realize them yet. They're there, right? They are there. And I, I sense just in reading this first chapter that they're coming out, that my dream is becoming clearer. And so is yours. Whatever moves you, whatever is moving you, whatever is stirring in you right now is, is the beginning of that dream making itself known. That's what I believe. I'd love to hear what you believe and what you are inspired by from this podcast episode in the Courageous Community. Talk about it on this post. This will be post 222. I wonder what the number two means. If there's any kind of biblical reason for the number two. Not biblical, but uh, you know how the, there's a study of numbers. Well, this one is a good, interesting one that we start this one on 222. I'm curious what the number two means. I know that like the number seven is the, is the perfect number. Number five means grace, according to someone somewhere <laughs> I've heard. So uh, I'm curious what the number two means. Anyway, 222, talk about it in the courageous community. I'm really curious what you guys think. Well, that's it for me, friends. I'm Eric Nordoff, and I'll be back again on the next episode of Courage Cast. <laughs>